Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top quality personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. What's up, what up, good fam? Happy Wednesday, everybody. I am so excited for today. Truly so excited because one of my personal favorite people that I get to learn from from afar through her podcast, That Porch Theology, and all the amazing things Lisa Harper puts out is back on the podcast, and I cannot wait to dive into an amazing conversation. We both were just talking before she came on about uh, the mornings we've had being a little bit um, peculiar, <laughs> if you will. So this podcast is going to be so much fun. Lisa, I'm so glad you're back on the podcast. Oh, I'm so grateful, Teddy. Honestly, I look at you and my heart does like little happy dances. Oh, I just, I love, I love your joy. I love your authenticity. This is just, this is it. even though we both came into it on two wheels, this is going to be a great, <laughs> this is going to be a great, a great conversation. Hey, sometimes that's even better. You know, when you come find on two wheels, you know, it's the Lord leading it and you're a little bit more um, prone to laughter. So I'm excited. Absolutely. Um, I got to say, before we um, even get started, we have not announced this anywhere, but what better place to announce it here on the Willisca Podcast that you are going to be speaking at the Elo Sister Conference next year, which I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I know. I mean, like every time I think about it, my cheeks start to cramp. I grin so big. I I am fired up. We are really so excited. Pumped. Yeah. I saw Jen Johnson. Jen was in Nashville. Like I was leaving. She was coming in and we, we made it work. I was like, I'm over on this side of town. She's like, I'll run and see you before you go to the airport. And she came in, said he's straight from conference. Wow. And she was glowing. She was <laughs> like, awesome. have you been to Sadie's conference? And I said, you know what? I actually am so excited because I'm going to go next year. And she was like, oh my goodness. And then basically we had like revival in a nail salon Love. where she just raved about what God had done and how he revealed himself and just awesome. the, how incredible it was. So that's I'm, awesome. yeah, I'm, that is the, a huge bright spot on my calendar next year. I can't wait. That's awesome. Well, we're so excited. Yeah. Jen being here was so special and it just was a really special time. It really was. It, we, we all said it. It didn't feel like a conference. It felt like a camp. Mm-hmm. It felt like summer mm-hmm. camp, being with your friends. That's what she said. Truly just yeah. uh, seeing God for who he is. No, It was just so stripped back. Yeah. It was amazing. It was beautiful. So we're so excited I for next I love those year. stripped down times. Yes. You know, because I think sometimes we can get so busy, even in our own dutifulness of thinking, I, I've got to bring something particular to the table in order to feast mm-hmm. on what God has for me. And I think sometimes it's such a powerful reminder that no, you sometimes all you bring is your own helplessness. I love um, the late, great Tim Keller. And he said once, I'll never forget it, Sadie. He said the first step to accessing intimacy with God is not holiness. It's helplessness. It's acknowledging Listen, I can't get there on my own. Yep. And I just love that. Yep, that is so good. I was actually listening to Tim Keller the other day. Uh, my friend group just started a Tim Keller series. And uh, he was talking some 
similar to what you just said. He was talking about how like Christ didn't die for us because we were lovely, but to make us lovely. And mm-hmm. I thought that was like so good because so many times, yeah. yes, we think we have to bring this holiness. We have to bring this loveliness. Right. It's like he is giving us that. That's his gift right. to us. And so Absolutely. that's so beautiful. I love that. Well, I can't wait to dive into a full conversation. Um, you have a new devotional book out called Jesus, which is so incredible. I haven't had a chance to read the whole thing, but the ones that I have read are just so powerful and it, it's so oh, much gosh, like your podcast you, too. It's, it's fun, but it's so deep and so, so thoughtful. So I cannot wait for people to get that book. So I'm going to go ahead and just shout that out and we're going to talk about that. Thank you. Um, but like I mentioned, you are so funny. You're hilarious. You're a storyteller through and through. You are a, you have a master's in theology. You're incredibly smart and wise and all the things, but you're so funny. And I truly listen to your podcast all the time. And the stories you tell at the beginning make me laugh so hard. Even when I, I will like try to retell the stories to people and I'll be laughing so hard thinking about you in those scenarios that it just kills me. So I want you to tell one of my favorite stories that I've heard okay. on your podcast because I just want people to kind of get a glimpse of who you are um, and, and the kind of stories you tell. But there was a story about you running on this particular mountain, I believe when you lived in Colorado or something. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, oh, yeah. it was no longer a path you should have been running, <laughs> but you kept going. Can you tell that story? Oh, gosh, yes. Uh, there's so many. Sadly, all the stories are true. Um, yeah, I used to work for a, a ministry out in Colorado Springs called Focus on the Family. And I used to love to run. There's great trail running out there. And so I don't run like that so much anymore. I just turned 60 uh, last month. So I now my my running is a little slower or, um, or on a motorcycle. But anyway, I used to trail run all the time. And um, there was this one mountain I love to run. It was called Pulpit Rock Park. And it had this two and a half mile uh, trail that snaked up through these evergreen pine trees. When you got to the very top, there's this gorgeous alpine meadow and you could see Pikes Peak from there. And you know how Pikes Peak, like even the summer is shrouded with snow. It's just glorious. And so, you know, I worked in the ministry and sometimes Christians can be stinkers. And so when I'd <laughs> had an especially bad day and wanted to say words that weren't in the Bible, I thought I'm going to go for a run. <laughs> And de-stress, you know, commune with God in this in this mountain meadow. And so um, right before I was leaving Colorado, um, there had been a lot of crime on that in that particular park. And so the newspapers and television stations started reporting about how there had been violent crime perpetrated against women. Hmm. So they said, don't run, don't hike, don't mountain bike on the trails anymore until we catch this criminal. They didn't know if it was one or a gang of guys who were attacking women. And I thought, dang, I'm just about to move from Colorado to Nashville, you know, where people talk correctly. And I thought, shoot, I really wanted to get you know, just a couple of last runs in. And so I drove to the park. It was a Saturday afternoon. It was gorgeous. You know, just blue, blue skies, no humidity. And I thought, it's too pretty for criminal activity today. It's too pretty. You know, pretty. I thought, I, I'm just going to take a chance. And there were literally signs posted by the Colorado Springs Police Department, like, don't run on oh the trails of criminal activity. And I thought, oh, I'll be fine. There's only one other car in the parking lot. And so I start running that trail. You know, I'm singing as I run up the trail. I have a horrible voice, so it's best if I do it by myself in the woods. But I'm, you know, singing worship songs. I get to the very top right before I'm about to step out in that meadow that I'd been in, you know, so many times before. But right before I step out in the meadow, I just stop dead in my tracks because maybe, I don't know, 150, 75 feet in front of me, 
isn't it funny how I always feel like guys are better with distance? Like with women, I'm like, <laughs> I don't so know. I, I, like I'm great with my, my lip color. I'm <laughs> like, no, so that's Mac number four. But I'm like, I don't know, 50 <laughs> yards, 50 feet. Anyway, he's like not, he, let's say he's half a football field in front of me or not quite that much. Close <laughs> enough I can see him, but I can't see detail. But I was like, oh, crud. Because from where I was standing, I could tell he was naked. And I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. You know, I've run all the way up to this mountain. Like I've been singing like worship songs and everything. And I've run into the criminal in his birthday suit. You know, he is just naked as a jaybird. And then I thought, oh, crud. Because I'd left my cell phone in the car. You know, the sun's starting to go down. I realized it's just me and Mr. You know, nudity (laughs) right up here in the middle of the wilderness. And when I get nervous... I'm like a junior high boy on Mountain Dew. You know, I just, I, I just can't think I clearly. Can't. And I thought, okay, okay, okay. And he hadn't seen me yet. I was mostly behind this big, like, ponderous pine tree. And I thought, okay, if I turn around and run back down to my car, I'm afraid he's going to chase me. And nobody's even going to see. I could scream. Nobody would hear. And I thought, okay, I heard on Oprah or Dr. Phil that men who expose themselves are typically cowards and non-confrontive. And then I had read in one of my hiking magazines that if you come upon a wild animal and you live, you know, out in the wilderness, that what you should do, unless it's a bear, what you should do is put your hands over your head and advance toward the wild animal speaking in deep guttural tones. Because then the animal thinks you're, you know, bigger, scary animal, definitely. And so those two thoughts formed what I'll call logic on this podcast that I'm not sure where we're going. And I jump out from behind the tree and I start running toward the naked man going, hey, no. just, you know, it's intimidating because I know how to do. Well, he jumps up and he starts sprinting in the opposite direction. But what I notice, of course, as soon as he jumps up, he had been sitting like kind of on this like rustic bench. When he jumps up, I notice he was actually wearing <laughs> tiny blue running shorts. You know those running shorts? I'm sure Christian doesn't have any of these. If he does, you need to burn them. But sometimes no. like serious guy runners, well, there's running they're shorts. Short. That are, they're mm-hmm. slit and slit up the side. So if they sit down, it totally looks like they're naked because <laughs> the slit true. displays. I could have sworn this guy was naked, but no, he was wearing like midget, tiny, petite shorts. So he takes off running. And what was such a hoot, Sadie, is he keeps looking over his shoulder at me. Oh, absolutely. Thinking I am going to chase him. I always think it'd be such a hoot to hear that story from his perspective. Like I was up on this mountain praying for my family and this nut job jumps out from behind a tree and tries to attack me. But Where it gets spiritual for me is watching (laughs) that guy run, realizing I have terrified him, thinking he was going to attack me. I thought, gosh, scaring innocent men, you know, loitering in Mountain Meadows is, (laughs) is mild compared to the damage we do when we turn a blurry perspective toward God. Haven is growing up before our eyes, and she is a fun little girl. She loves games. She loves peekaboo. She loves patty cake. She just loves being entertained. Playing and spending time with my girls is one of my very favorite things to do, and letting them learn from play is a great way to help them grow. KiwiCo is here to help 
do that with fun projects and hands-on learning. Each monthly crate is packed with activities to introduce them to art, science, and technology, so there's always something new for them to explore. KiwiCo offers nine different monthly programs to choose from for kids of all ages, from infants to teenagers. It can be a struggle sometimes to find ways to keep kids off the screens and fully engaged and having fun, and that's why I'm so thankful for KiwiCo, because it does the work of creating fun, interesting projects that come with all the instructions and materials needed. All the materials are high-quality kid tested and designed by experts so that you know they're gonna love it. KiwiCo lets you pause or cancel your monthly crates anytime so there's no long-term commitments to make but I know that you're gonna love watching your kids do this so you are gonna want to get it every month because you're gonna see their confidence grow, their skills that they're learning and it's so much fun. Honey actually just got this baking set from KiwiCo and it's so cool because it has all the elements of baking so right now she's just having fun with the baking side but eventually it actually is teaching her fractions so it has all the little fractions put out on the cake that she's making and so it'll be fun to see as this toy she plays with she ends up growing and learning some math as well haven is loving all the little projects as well kiwiko is so creative and how they have fun with the kids and um, it's just really fun to explore we've also given some of our boxes to her cousins that they love too that might have felt a little bit older range um, but they have it for everybody like i said even haven at nine months is loving it so redefine learning with play explore projects that build confidence and problem solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month on any crate line at KiwiCo.com with the promo code SadieRob. That's 50% off your first month at KiwiCo, K-I-W-I-C-O.com with the promo code SadieRob. Let's be honest, some days it just feels like there is not enough time of the day to get everything done, especially when it comes to the things that you probably need to get done, but it just gets put on the back burner like groceries. Sometimes it's just hard to get done. And thankfully with Hungry Root, it will help you stock your pantry and fridge with all the things you need without you having to go out and do it yourself. Hungry Root is your partner in healthy living. It's such an easy way to get fresh, high quality groceries delivered right to your door. It is such a gift. All you have to do is take a short, fun quiz so Hungry Root can get to know your personal health health goals, taste preferences, and the kitchen appliances that you like to use. And they'll even include delicious meal ideas so that you can put all your groceries to use. Forgotten groceries in the back of the fridge are a thing of the past. Hungry Root will recommend groceries based off of your taste, but every order is fully customizable. You can take their suggestion or choose anything you want from fresh produce, quality meat and seafood, to pantry staples and snacks that you'll love. And who doesn't love personalized snacks? I mean, truly the first time we did it, we let it choose for us and there were so many snacks we would to bought for ourselves, but we ended up loving and it became a regular on our order. Y'all know I'm all about quality and everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It has to taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. So you can literally save hours on planning, shopping, and cooking with Hungry Root. We love our Hungry Root packages. We've been getting them for a long time now. And I think it was Aretha Franklin when someone asked her, like, what's the you know most challenging thing you've done in your life? And she said, having to figure out what's for dinner every night. I was like, man, that is so true. That's so relatable. But Hungry Root can help with all of those things. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Whoa That's Good podcast listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. You heard it right. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash Whoa to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Whoa. And don't forget to use our link so that they know that we sent you there. You know, I was predisposed... Wow to be scared. 
I'm standing mostly behind a tree, you know, sun's going down. My, my vision is just a little obscured yep. and I, I jump to the worst conclusions. Yeah. And we do the same thing when we turn kind of a blurry theological perspective toward our creator re- redeemer. Wow. And we assume he's, you know, a unibrow punitive God in the old Testament and Jesus with, with hair extensions, hugging lepers in the new Testament. <laughs> when we, we make all these, these, um, presumptions about God. We have all these misconceptions. Yeah. We have a whole lot of tradition we call theology that actually isn't biblically defensible. And I think all too often we don't know yep. how incredibly um, accessible our God is. You know, He's perfectly holy. He's transcendent. But He condescends to be close to us, to be accessible to us. So mm-hmm. my mind is too small to be, really wrap around his holy, holiness and compassion in the same time. Uh, yeah. But that's what I'm growing toward is, it's yeah, great. he is absolutely holy. He's not our co-pilot, it's great. but he's also accessible. He is our ever-present help mm-hmm. that I can actually access an intimate relationship, not a religion, but a real relationship so with a king of all kings. So I still see him blurry a lot of days, mm-hmm. but um, that's why I love the word of God. It is, you know, it's not a rule book. It's a love story. I think that story is absolutely hilarious, but I also loved the the spiritual lens that you saw it with and that you told it with, which is actually where I want to go. But before we go there, I want to ask you just about theology, because I know a lot of people listening to this podcast, you hear the word theology and it's such a big word. It sounds very intimidating. And one thing that your podcast helped me with was the idea of this back porch theology and what theology really is. So can you uh, just explain kind of what back porch theology is and what theology is in general? Absolutely. Thank you, Sadie. Well, you are one of my favorite theologians. And I don't say that lightly. You're right. We hear the word theology, and most of us think of an old man in black socks in some dusty seminary office because we assume it's this arcane, uh, kind of elite academic pursuit. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not the best definition of theology. Theology comes from a Greek word, two root words, teos, which refers to God. Logos, which refers to conversations or phrases. And so you talk about God on whoa, that's good. You talk about God all the time. I've talked with you on planes. You love talking about this God who loves us more than we can ask or imagine. That's theology. So any conversation about God is theology. And we've got wackadoodle theologians who talk about God, but their understanding of God has nothing to do with his word or revelation of Holy Spirit. And so that would be what I would call, you know, uh, wrong theology, wrong Mm -hmm. thinking about God. And then you've got people who have great understanding. I'm not saying perfect people or people have it all together. They're hot messes like me, but who go, wow, God reveals himself to us through scripture and through Holy Spirit. And he wants us to know him. He's not a capricious God. He's not trying to punk us. And so theology at its core is really leaning into who God is and how he's revealing himself to us. So listen, I'm, I'm trying to finish a doctorate. I'm in the dissertation phase of a doctorate. So I am with people, Sadie, consistently who are, I mean, I don't understand half the words they're saying. <laughs> But it's not about big words. I was with a guy uh, named Dr. Craig Keener a few weeks ago. He's one of the world's foremost living authorities on the New Testament. So this guy, I mean, he's forgotten more than I will ever know. Brilliant. He can quote the Septuagint. That's the Greek 
That's that's the Greek translation of the Old Testament. And this guy's Whoa. a brainiac. Whoa. Every time he talked about Jesus, he wept. Wow. And I thought that's the key. The key isn't about even our understanding. It's about how much we trust in the compassion and the love and the forgiveness of God. So so Great. theology is really leaning more into God. No, that's such a good explanation and, and so good. And I love that you said it's really not about big words, it's about your heart posture towards the Lord. And um but I wanted to to ask you that first, and then I want to throw throw this at you because this was so cool. So I was on this podcast um, a couple of days ago, and it was not a Christian podcast. But the girl before we got on was kind of explaining that she is a Christian, but she doesn't really talk about that on the podcast, and like she's right. kind of starting to branch out. And so we have a cool conversation before it even starts. Then mid podcast, she starts asking me questions about faith, and like I would answer something, and I would just talk about. Jesus because it just naturally is what I talk about. Um, sure. It's one of those things, you know, we talk about this when you're in a relationship with someone, you just can't not talk about them. So Absolutely. that just kept coming out. And then she, she starts telling about her experience with Jesus. And she says, there's this moment that things kind of changed for me. And it was like all of a sudden, like I started feeling something. It was like feeling uh-huh. it in me. And she started calling it her internal guidance. And she said, all of a sudden I had this internal guidance. She said, so when does that happen? for people like when can they get their internal guidance and I said to her I said well that's the Holy Spirit and she was like what and I was like yeah and so I said well you know when Jesus right before he went to heaven he said it's actually better that I go because when I go the father's going to send you the spirit which would be an advocate and he's going to be inside of you and help navigate through life and she was like what she was like so so before Jesus was through the Holy Spirit and now we have the Holy Spirit and how do you get the Holy Spirit? So then I like start in Genesis 1, I just kind of give overview right. of the whole Bible and she's like, okay, this is crazy. And, and for the first, she goes, I've never understood this like this before. She said, I like all those puzzle pieces. She said, so God's not a mean God. He really is a loving God. And why would, why would you not believe this? And she was just telling all of her listeners on the podcast, why would you not believe this? This is the best story ever. And then I tell her, well, that's why it's called the good news. It really is good news. I mean, it really is great. And it's just one of those things where I realize a lot of people who are Christians today really don't mm-hmm. know the story. You know, they don't right. really know the story. A lot of people who are listening to this podcast right now, um, maybe the extent of what you know about God is from this podcast, which is great that this podcast has encouraged you, that it's led you to Jesus. But there's a lot of um, missing pieces to what the story is. And so I thought since we have um, someone who has a master's in theology and a love for Jesus, <laughs> could you give us just the overview of the story? Um, Um, And I know that's that's a big one to lay on you, but you know the story. (laughs) No, no, I love, and I love that you're calling it story, Sadie, because often we forget that scripture is mostly narrative. Sometimes um, well-meaning leaders have distilled it down to rules. They've Mm -hmm. made it about behavioral um, conformity. They've said, if you love God, then, and then there's this whole list. And um, that rarely comes from scripture that usually comes from our interpretation and application of Bible. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. God gave us the 10 commandments, but even when you got love that you took Holy spirit back to the very beginning, 
Because a lot of people think Holy Spirit just appears at Pentecost and it's this big shazam and all this drama. And it's like, no, 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 no. That, that's just, that's just um, where you see Holy Spirit. Like you said, he becomes our paraclete. He becomes our guide. He, he becomes internalized. He, he is um, with us to not only guide us, but to give us comfort and conviction. Mm-hmm. So, and power to share. Yeah the great news, but you go all the way back to the very beginning and the Holy Spirit is hovering. Yeah. As a matter of fact, most people have a real, and I think even a lot of Christians have a real binary view of God. So they see God, the father as kind of a white headed patriarch mm-hmm. in, in ancient times. And then say Jesus as a little hipper, long hair, at least, <laughs> you know, in the new Testament, it's like, no, 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 no. Our Creator Redeemer has always been a Trinitarian God, God the Father, God, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, from the very, very beginning, before before time began. Wow. Augustine, one of my favorite dead guys, uh, St. <laughs> Augustine, he says, only the Christian God is a perfect community unto himself. Hmm. And so he exists, the, the word for that is perichoesis. That's where we get the word choreography from, because mm-hmm. God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Spirit have always existed in this perfectly choreographed consistent communion. Y'all, I love a good story. That's part of the reason why I love doing this podcast is because I get to hear so many people's story. No matter what kind of stories you love to hear, Audible is the home of storytelling. Audible lets you enjoy all of your favorite audio entertainment anytime, anywhere, and all in one convenient app. You can find the best of what you love or discover something new. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment with highly anticipated new releases. Their selection of mystery and thriller titles will keep your heart racing month after month. Sounds exciting, right? Audible offers an incredible selection of audio books that cover every genre like bestsellers, new releases, memoirs, mysteries, motivation, and all the things. With next list and recommendations, you'll always have something amazing right at your fingertips. Members also get full access to a growing selection of included titles, Audible originals, and podcasts. You can download or stream them anytime you want. With thousands of titles, Audible selections makes their membership totally worth it. Plus, Audible members can pick and keep one title every month from their entire catalog. I am so excited about diving into different kinds of stories, and I never listened to like mystery or anything like that, but my sister and brother have been telling me about all these mystery books they're into, and one of the ones they recommended is The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave, so I'm about to be jumping into that title and seeing what it's all about. New members can try Audible now for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash woe or just text woe to 500-500. That's audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash woe or text woe to 500-500 to try Audible for free for 30 days. If you haven't checked it out yet, Elo has a new website. It looks amazing. It's the same website, I guess, but a new face to it. It looks so good, so pretty. And stamps.com actually helps you get all those pretty things into your arms. Stamps.com is here to help you keep your business rolling. Postage prices just increase again, y'all. So thankfully, stamps.com has the best discounts in the industry, like up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. They automatically tell you the fastest and cheapest shipping options, which will save you and your team time 
time and money as you, you know, navigate all the different options. Plus, Stamps.com seamlessly connects with every major marketplace and shopping cart, which is super helpful. All you need to get started is a computer and a printer. Stamps.com will even send you a free scale so you'll be ready to go as soon as the orders start coming in. You can print postage from wherever you do business, and if you need a package pickup, you can schedule it right on the Stamps.com dashboard. It's super easy. For 25 years, Stamps.com has been there for over 1 million businesses, whether they're mailing checks, invoices, merch, books, all the things. With Stamps.com, you can have access to all the services you need for your business anytime, day, or night. LO uses Stamps.com. Like I said, we have all kinds of merch out right now. We actually even have Whoa That's Good merch for all you Whoa That's Good listeners. We have all the books on there. So go check out the LO website and we'll use Stamps.com to get it to you. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code WOE, W-H-O-A, for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code WOE. If you're a business, you need this. And then God says, and remember when he started the story, the Israelites had already come out of captivity in Egypt. So they've been slaves for 400 years. All they know is oppression and abuse. And God says, well, let me tell you a story. They've been taught that the sun, that the sun was the God through mm-hmm. the Egyptians. They've been taught his name was Ra, that he beat them mercilessly as they worked outside. They worked 24 seven, 365 days a year, no virtual commuting for slaves in Egypt. So really all they've known is hardship and oppression and abuse. And God says, no, 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 let me tell you your story because you identify as slaves. I want you to understand you have inherent dignity because I've made I've made you as my image bears. Hmm. So in the very beginning, people think of the Old Testament as harsh. I'm like, oh, my gosh, from the very beginning, it's a love story. What he's telling them in the beginning is you're not slaves, you're children. You you are not. I don't want you to to work all the time. That's why he gave us Sabbath. I grew up thinking Sabbath was when I had to wear uncomfortable shoes, go to church, and I couldn't talk. And my mom told us we couldn't wear bikinis on the Sabbath and swim in the pool in our backyard that was fenced that no one could see. <laughs> so I thought as like a six or seven-year-old, oh, I guess God is doesn't like kids who talk or kids or belly buttons. And so I thought of Sabbath as pretty punitive. And I, I love my mom. My mom loves Jesus. She's who introduced me to Jesus. But she had gotten a whole lot of rules in church. So she thought to be a good Christian, you really had to follow all those rules. You start studying the story, the narrative, and God isn't saying, I want you to be uncomfortable and stiff and wear hose and uncomfortable shoes and not talk on the Sabbath. He's telling a bunch of people who all they knew was slavery. Yeah. All they knew was you're not worth anything. You're only worth what you produce. He said, no, 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 no. I, I don't love you because of your productivity. I love you because you're my children. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to carve out at least one 24-hour period a week where you get to gather around the table. You get to eat carbs. How cool is that? Mm-hmm. Jesus called himself the bread of life, not the kale of life. Love that. You, you get to be together. You get to be reminded of how much you're loved, how much I love you. I want you to be in community. So even from the very beginning, the story was, I see you, I love you, you're mine. Mm-hmm. I see you, I love you, you're mine. Mm-hmm. It doesn't switch when Jesus comes on the scene. We just have embodied grace yeah. through Jesus. 
God knows we would have such a hard time connecting when we, when we didn't have something tangible. That's why you have all these theophanies in the old Testament where God would actually appear in a way that his people went, Oh snap, he's in the cloud or, Oh wow, there's a flaming topiary, but he goes a step further. And that was a plan from the beginning in sending us Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he knew when Jesus hugged the leper, while the leper was still sick, that's my favorite part of the story in Mark 1, he didn't shazam the leper, heal him, and then hug him. He hugged him while he was still filthy. Yeah. And then he healed his physical body. And so you see this consistent chronology of compassion mm-hmm. through the Bible. It is one big love story. You've it's got cool. a few fancy things. There's some systematic theology in the New Testament. But really at its core, the Bible is this ongoing love story. Every single thing you read in the Bible so cool. has to be understood under a canopy of grace. Or you'll you'll take verses out of context, throw them up on social media And it won't be God's intent. God's intent is always for us to be closer to him, for us to be reconciled. If anybody, especially for your friends who've been listening to the podcast, but like you said, their only connection to God has been through what they've heard on your podcast. If you have any friends or family members or people in your past who use the Bible as a club to beat you up and make you feel bad about yourself, Mm. They're taking it out of context. There are parameters in Scripture for our good. Mm -hmm. The closer you get to Jesus, the more you go, oh, wow, he wasn't telling me to quit doing that because he's mad or Mm -hmm. killjoy. He actually knows what's best for me. But um, the the gospel is a love story. It's It's a divine love story. It's not, it's, it's not an existential construct. It's great. It's not about behavior yep. at its core. It's not about ethics. Yeah. It's about relationship. That's so good. Uh, that was so beautifully explained. I love that. So, um, just to bring this up because I think people might think about this. So in the garden, Adam and Eve. Right. So when Eve ate the apple, the fall of man happened. I mean, it seems, if you don't understand the context of God and what was really happening, that seems so harsh. You know, she oh, yeah. eats an apple, then that's it. Then it's like yeah. over for us. We sinned, we fell, we all all of that. But I love how what you're saying is like, even from the beginning, it's a love story. He's not harsh. Oh, it's a love so story. Can you explain why that was not out of harshness, oh, but out I'm of love? I'm so glad you asked that question because that's where so many of us get crooked. Even you know, I grew up in church. But I always get pictures in my head of the stories in the Bible. And the picture in my head was, you know, Eve is wearing Daisy Dukes and, <laughs> you know, a crop top, you know, some kind of heavy metal band. And she's wearing roach clips in her hair. And she's just she's just the epitome of absolutely wild um, because it says God drove them out of the garden. That's in Genesis three. But if you look like you said at the context The two words in our English Bibles in Genesis 3, where it says God drove them out. I would always picture, you know, trashy girl. I picture a white-headed God drop-kicking them out of Eden, which does seem harsh. Those two words in English come from one word in Hebrew. The the Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew. New Testament was originally written in Greek, a little bit of Aramaic. But those two words drove out come from one word in the Hebrew. It's gal rosh. And listen to this, Sadie, you probably already know this because I know the people who've taught you, you've had an amazing scaffolding of biblical understanding. They come from the Hebrew word um, gal rosh, which means to herd redemptively. Wow. If you study that story, the holy bouncers 
you know, because it said God sets up these basically bouncers. I'm using the Hebrew pretty loosely here, <laughs> but to keep Adam and Eve from coming back into the garden, they're facing out. They're there to protect Adam and Eve wow. because there's two trees in the garden. They're not allowed to eat from the tree of good and evil. Think of anybody in your life who's a critic. People don't do well with judgment. Mm -hmm. We tend to oppress other people. God knew we wouldn't handle understanding good and evil well. Mm -hmm. He said, don't, don't drink from that, eat from that tree. Y'all will be judgmental. Who, who's, um, <laughs> not his words. Those are mine. But there's another tree when, when they, when he herded them out of the garden to begin the story of redemption, he knew if they came back into the garden and they ate from the tree of life, they would be forever frozen. Mm -hmm. And they'd be forever frozen distance yeah, from God yeah. they, because they'd breach the intimacy he created them for. So he begins this process of restoration. Heard redemptively is used twice, that same word in, in uh, Exodus. Because remember, God's people got so stuck in captivity that yeah. they weren't even sure they wanted liberty. Yeah. They're like, oh, we really like the drive throughs here. You know, we're pretty comfortable in our government subsidized apartments. God had to kind of rock them out of being comfortable, um, being trapped. And I know what that feels like. I struggle with addiction a lot early in my life. Um, I've never struggled with with alcohol or narcotics, but one of my favorite theologians says all addictions are ultimately a disorder of worship. Mm. In other words, if you don't put Jesus in the biggest hole in your soul, you'll run to the wrong things, wrong people. Wow. I was really attracted to abusive men. So I was stuck in a lot of abusive relationships. And then eating has been an idol for me for a long time. So when I was sad or happy or mad, I'd go to food. And so uh, I didn't lose my teeth like some of my friends to meth. I, I was never arrested. But I had this kind of prison of shame yeah. that I was stuck in. And God's like, no, I want to lead you out of captivity. I love you. I see you. you're not slaves. Yeah. You're my children. I don't want you to be oppressed by this. So you see that consistent theme. He even uses that exact same word. When Remember when David was almost killed mm -hmm. by King Achish? The word of the psalm that day, the song, and it's like God's Spotify list is the psalms. The word that, that he uses for a title for the song he wrote right after escaping when he says, those who look to the Lord will never be shamed. Shame their faces will, you know, will be radiant. Psalm 34, 5, David drooled in his beard to feign insanity. Hmm. No Israelite man in that culture would drool in their beard. That's wow. that's tantamount to sacrilege. Their beard was just their beard was everything. It's like a southern girl in big hair. I mean, beards <laughs> were everything to an Israelite man during that ancient era. The only way they thought David was a nutter and let him escape was he drooled in his beard. That, according to Jewish culture, brought shame on his entire tribe. Wow. Immediately after that happens, because David knows only God allowed me to escape with my life. He writes, those who look to the Lord will never struggle with shame. Their wow. faces will be radiant. Well, the wow. title of that song says, when God herded David redemptively, it uses the word Galrosh, when God drove David wow. out from his enemies. So you see throughout scripture, we miss it in the Old Testament because we don't understand the context. But if you really look at the at the meta narrative, the big story, right. that's the great news of a God who sees us and loves us from the very beginning, he's been hurting us toward restoration, wow. toward wholeness, toward hope, toward peace. Anybody who thinks of God as punitive 
or, well, gosh, that God is just hateful and the Bible is hate speech. I'm like, you haven't read the whole story. Hmm. The whole story has always been far good. There's a passage in Deuteronomy where women get raped. And in that culture, there's no, I could loosely call it the first iteration of Sharia law. Women have zero value in the culture that's written in. And God erects a fence to protect his daughters 3,500 years before we start burning our bras for women's rights. God said, no, I love my daughters as much as my sons. So from now on, any of you yahoos, back then a man Mm -hmm. could violate a woman and there's no consequence, no traffic ticket, nothing. Mm -hmm. God is the one who goes, no, I'm going to begin to mitigate the evil that is crushing my people. So he's always been a redeemer. We get it wrong because we spend so much more time on social media than we do in this love story. If we could get the love story of the Bible, then we'd go, oh, wow, he's always been for us. He's never been against us. Yeah, that's so beautiful. That is so good. And even just in that explanation, I truly just learned so much from that. And so thank you for explaining Mm -hmm. that. What a beautiful picture of who God is. And so even as you're listening to this and hearing about this story, one thing that's kind of cool is I remember whenever I saw you um, a couple years ago in California, and I was like, I really want to be mentored by you. But I just moved to Louisiana. You live in Nashville. It, I was like, this is, I want to learn from you, but I knew this is going to be hard. I don't live there. And what's really cool is I haven't gotten to sit with you since, but I've gotten to be mentored from you from afar, from your podcast and the things that you put out. So just for those listening, like, you know, you might be saying, man, how am I going to learn all this? Like, I want to learn more. Um, there are people like Lisa and Lisa herself who put out such great things. I mean, she mentioned Tim mm-hmm. Keller. He has passed away, but all of his stuff is out there. Um, and it's just incredibly helpful. Lisa's stuff, that's what I listen to. That's what I learn from mm-hmm. and grow in. Of course, be planted in a local church. Read the word for yourself. Grow in the story. Mm-hmm. But I just want to just shout that out out because, um, man, there's so much more to learn and there's so much more to learn from. And that's what I love about, you talk about this in, in the devotional, but it's that there's an ongoing learning of Jesus always. There's always something else to discover. There's always like a theological nugget somewhere, I think is what you said. And I love that because I'm someone who I like, don't watch a movie twice. I don't read the same book twice. Me neither. Some people are like, oh, I've watched The Office six times or I've watched Grey's Net, whatever their show is. And I'm like, I just would never do that. I'll watch it one time and I don't think I need to watch it again. That's how I do. Because I know the ending. I know the story. Yeah. Yeah. And I think with the Bible, it's like so different. Like you could read the same thing 10 mm-hmm. times and the 10th time you're like I never thought of it that way. I never saw right. it that way. I never saw right. his heart in it the way or it, it, where you're at in your life. Wow. Right. That's who God is to me in this season. It's just so cool. So one thing you say in in the devotional is like Jesus didn't just he's not just your savior. Like there's more from just the time that you're saved. So how does that story just affect your life mm. on the daily? How do people go from this mindset of not just being like, oh yeah, I'm saved by God. Yeah, I was saved. But to like, oh, I'm actually like living in relationship with yeah. Jesus every day of my life. Yeah. The catalyst for this devotional was my little girl, Missy. You know, I love Sadie. I, I, gosh, I love the way you communicate. I wish when I was your age, 
someone my age had told me in a way that I could believe it, that it just gets better. Hmm. It gets better and it gets better and it gets better. Growing with Christ, even aging as an image bearer, doesn't get stiffer. It doesn't get more rigid. You get freer. You get, yeah, our bodies succumb to gravity. I mean, my body is not quite as, as resilient as it was when I could wear leather pants. Now <laughs> I wear leather pants and it sounds like decks are being killed. But <laughs> your heart just gets... I mean, you just go, oh my goodness. One of my favorite scholars says, if you get out of the Bible, what you're expecting to get out of the Bible, you need to raise your expectations because it is always better. Walk with Jesus is always better. Um, you know, I didn't become a mom until I turned 50 because I was just so flippin' scared. In my 20s and 30s, I had a lot of toxic behavior and relationships. The fact that he redeemed my story and allowed me to become a mom through the miracle of adoption, same season I was going through menopause, you know, that slays mm. me. I go, gosh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had the faith to dream that big, but I learn all kinds of things through being Missy's mom. And she was a catalyst to this book. I'd picked That's her cool. up from school and she got in the car. This was about a year ago. And her face was just backlit because she had her first crush in the <laughs> sixth grade. And uh, she got in the car and she was like, mom, they wear uniforms, so, you know, none of the kids really stick out that much except for their shoes and, like, what's in their lunch. And so she's like, his socks. Like, she just, <laughs> you would have thought his socks were, like, you know, the Louvre. I mean, it was, she went on about his socks. She went on and on about his, the words he used with the math teacher. She went on and on about what was in his lunchbox. She just couldn't stop talking about the tiniest details about this boy she was enamored with. And I watched her. Talk about him. And I thought, I remember when I used to be like that about Jesus. Hmm. I remember when I couldn't get enough, when like I woke up and he was the first thing on my mind. Hmm. And I thought, oh, Lord, forgive me that I've forgotten that you are not a proposition to study. Hmm. You are a person with whom to engage. Wow. So I want to fall further in love with you. And I thought, I write a lot of books uh, about the Bible. You know, I'm finishing a doctorate. So I feel like I've always got my nose in a book. And I thought, I think I've almost forgotten what it is to go on date nights with Jesus, yeah. where I'm just so completely preoccupied by him, by every detail, by his presence. I thought, man, I want to I want to know what makes him laugh. I mm. want to know what makes him belly laugh. I want to mm. know what he orders. I want to know what stories he's listening to. Mm. And I know that might sound anthropomorphic, and that's a fancy word that just means when we ascribe human concepts and context to something that's divine or not human. But he did come embodied. The body of Christ is not a metaphor. Mm. He came so that we could know him and have a real relationship yeah. with him. And so that started this process of going, I want to I wanna kind of look under every rock in the gospel that's and great. find out more than I've known in the past about Jesus. And you're exactly right, Sadie. I learn something every day that I didn't know before or that I forgot. The Bible is not flat cool. text. Yep. Holy Spirit is not one note. Mm -hmm. It gets bigger. It gets better. I'll find myself self still just, I, I was at with your friend Shelly mm -hmm. on Monday night. And I mean, God showed up there in Atlanta in a way that I don't have words for. And I've got a lot of words. Wow. I'm a windbag. It was, it was something in the presence I mean, all of us, it was all we could do to speak afterwards. Wow. And so it, it just, 
he never gets boring. If you're bored by Christianity, I would challenge you that it's not Christianity that's boring you. It's tradition. Wow. Because there's nothing about a relationship with Jesus Christ that's boring. That is great. That is so good. I I saw pictures from the room that night in Atlanta, and I just thought, wow, God was doing something so special. And it's in those moments that... You know, I think this is the beauty of things. You know, you can watch things online and you can, and COVID taught us that you can do that well, but there is something about being in a room, you know, and, and experiencing what God is doing and, and feeling yeah. what he's doing in the room. And I mean, it's just amazing. So uh, I love that y'all got to experience that. And gosh, yeah. I can't wait until we get to experience that um, next year in a room I was gonna together. Say, it's just like what you talked about conference that y'all it's experienced. It's true. It's true. He, you know, 90, I think it's 96. I don't remember the statistics exactly, but the huge amount of imperatives in the Bible. And that's where he tells us, I want you to do this. Mm-hmm. They're set in the context of community. Hmm. You can't love one another without one another. It's great. And again, in America, I think we kind of privatize religion. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh-uh, it's supposed to be lived together. Yeah. And that's theology. Theology is not some weird pursuit theology is meant to be lived it's great we're supposed to lean into each other and into jesus and life does get so much better it gets good you you might ought to put that in your podcast title it gets so so good yeah Uh, i was just thinking when you were talking i was like man this is the most well that's good episode i could i have to like stop myself from saying well that's good uh because (laughs) it will sound like i'm doing it just for the sake of the podcast but everything you're saying i'm like whoa that's so good your your podcast title really your life is one of my favorite lives because your face, your what you choose to say, what you choose, even when you you posted something, I, I don't follow a whole lot of people, but I have it where I will see what you post. And what you posted that day was so stinking honest. I mean, mm-hmm. just so real. And still you were like, he's a good God on the worst day. Yeah. Yeah. He's such a good God. Yeah. And so, no, I, I think your podcast is <laughs> basically modern speak for the gospel. Oh, well, I appreciate that so much. That that means the world. Well, I just, I, I do. I love Jesus. I told, I told the group uh, A&M this the other day, I was like preaching and I just kind of stopped and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stop because I felt so stopped by the Lord. I literally felt like God was like, stop. So I just stopped. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I could come here and I could preach you this whole message and it just would not change your life unless you just understand who God Mm -hmm. is and you just fall in love with him. So I was like, I'm just going to stop for a minute and I just want to share with y'all. It was so cool because when I stopped, it felt like it went from an arena of people because there's 8,000 people in an arena, but it felt like I was sitting with my friends at midnight at my house. Like it was so just real. And I just was like, you know what? Um, I'm not here to, to preach a message because I was hired to preach a message. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to preach a message because I think I'm supposed to say this. I said, I really have been radically changed by mm-hmm. me understanding who God is and understanding who I am in the context of that. And it's changed everything about me. It's changed the, the trajectory of my life. It's, it, right. I said, and I talked about how, you know, we're living in a super anxious world, a depressed world. And then God, here he is, and the fruit of him is love and it's joy and it's peace. And right. just started like right. practically talking about the goodness of God. God. 
And uh, man, I, this is what I want to do with my podcast. This is what I want to do with my life. I'm not doing this because I have to. I'm not doing this mm-hmm. because it's a job. It's I, I want people like you to come on and mm-hmm. explain the story of the Bible because I believe if people understand it, people hear it, they'll be like that girl was the other day and say, this is actually really good news. <laughs> like this changes yeah. everything. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. And so I love it. I love it so much. And you know, it's really cool. Like you mentioned at our conference, one thing we experienced that I thought was so powerful that Hey, this was like the biggest difference in in the room um, that I had experienced before is that the majority of the ministry happening uh, did not actually happen from the stage. It really mm. happened on the floor. It was like yeah. it was like yeah. everybody there was a minister. Everyone there was like, yeah. I am in this community. I have a purpose to serve in this room. I'm going to love on my neighbor. I'm going to pray over my neighbor. I'm going to speak a word over my neighbor. I'm. Some were getting baptized. Some were baptizing others. It was like, there was so much movement. And I was like, yes. this is the church. Like This is That's what it. it's all about. It was just That's beautiful. It. It's not meant to be just one person speaking. It's all of us stepping in. And uh, I wrote a quote down, if I can read my handwriting. Um, um, that you wrote in the book. And um, basically, you know, you were kind of explaining that you struggled a little bit with who you were created to be mm-hmm. for a little while, just your original self. Uh, the, the storyteller in you had a bit of insecurity based off comments people said. And you said, yeah. I finally trust that my uniqueness was divinely designed. And I just love that that right there. I finally trust that the uniqueness in me was divinely designed. It makes me think of our message mm-hmm. of live original. And so just yes. uh, to end, can you just encourage people with right where they're at with who they are, um, oh, stepping yeah. into fully just living for Christ right yeah. where they're at and being right who they are? Yeah, I, I love, 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 love. Thank you, Sadie, for emphasizing community. I think all too often in first world modern culture, we elevate platforms Mm -hmm. and stages and that's you just don't see that's not the economy of God God elevates family and community and he wants us to do it together and so I I think rather than um, rather than aspiring to be somebody you you admire and emulating them um, make Jesus the hero of all of your stories and of course, he puts people in our lives. I'm encouraged by Sadie every time I get to be around her. But I don't want to be like Sadie. I want to be like Jesus. It's great. And what I love in Sadie is Christ in you. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the way he's knit you. I love the way he's made you. It's so fun to be around you. You make me better because you're my little sister and mm. you make the family brighter. And so I'd say for those of you who are going, who who am I? I'm not even sure who I am. Um, this is going to sound really weird. But I'm just going to say, learn what it is to be held by Jesus, mm-hmm. that it's actually in his arms that you'll find the most beautiful facets of who you are. I used to think of myself like the stepsister in the Cinderella story, mm-hmm. um, but the prince asked me to dance. Mm-hmm. And when I step into his arms, I become beautiful. Wow. And so you'll find your innate beauty because he made you beautiful. He made you worthy. He made you valuable because he says, I made you in my image. So Mm. you have God's image in you. You may have not had anybody um, honor that or value that, but he made you in his image. He sees you. He loves. He loves who he sees. Mm -hmm. And so I spent a little time this week just leaning into his arms. If you don't know where to go in the Bible, maybe you've never read it for yourself. 
I'd encourage you to, to go right to the Psalms. Hmm. And they were all, there's 150 of them in the middle of your Bible. They were all written originally as songs, S-O-N-G-S. Hmm. And so that's where you'll kind of learn what it is to hear God's love songs sung over you. Psalm 139 is a good one to start because hmm. that's our identity hmm. as his beloved. And so I'd say learn, great. learn how to be held uh, before you try to, um, before you try to work. Um, If our behavior isn't based on our belovedness, uh, we get crooked real fast. That is the truth. I love that you said that. And honestly, for me, I was thinking back to, I hadn't really put this together until you just said that, but thinking back to when I really stopped living in like past shame and really kind of embraced where I was going was I actually Mm -hmm. had a vision of him holding me. And it's a really, it's just really cool that you said that. And so that's very true. Um, It might sound weird, but it makes me think of whenever I was on Dancing with the Stars and it was actually really strange, but every time I would get done with the dance, I would ask Mark, I would be like, did we do it? Because I would blank out. Like it was like I had no thought throughout those two minutes of our dance. I would be like, did we do it? Did I do it right? And he would always go like, yes. And then I would like get excited. But it would almost be like I didn't even feel myself doing it. It was so out of body. But the reality is, is Mark is such a good leader and such a good dancer Uh that he was pushing, he was pulling, he was holding me throughout the whole dance that really my body was just because I had been in, you know, the past week doing that dance over and over and over again and learning to trust him and his lead. I mean, my body would just naturally follow where he was going. And that's really what I think about with God. A lot of times it's like, Mm -hmm. you really learn who you are by being so held and so close to him because as he leads, as he guides, you just follow like the word really is a a lamp into your feet. It's it's a light into your path. Like it really will guide you into where you're going into who you are and to all those things. So being held by him, and that dance with God, like it's a beautiful thing to be. It is, um, it's such an amazing thing. I was with a woman recently and for whatever reason, I was at a church that wasn't a real demonstrative church and I felt led to teach on dancing in the Bible and <laughs> it went over like a lead balloon. It did not go well. But this, this woman at the end, I, I think it was just for her, came up to me and it was the sweetest testimony, Sadie. She talked about how People assumed she had rhythm because of her ethnicity and how she'd always been kind of embarrassed that she wasn't a dancer. And she said, I found it so weird that you chose to teach on dancing because God's been talking to me in my quiet time about dancing. Hmm. And she said, as you were talking about dancing in the Bible, I just felt Holy Spirit say to me, I want you to stop looking at your feet and just stand on mine and focus on my face. And and it's in if we could just imagine God smiling at us instead of God looking at us with disappointment, we would trust the embrace. You know that picture of the little girl who's dancing, but she's standing on her dad's feet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the picture you just painted. If we could trust his affection, that he's for us, that he's not mad at us. And maybe it sounds too much for some of y'all to go, oh, gosh, I've never been held by anybody safe. The idea of God holding me is still kind of weird to me. Then maybe take the next step. You know, the first step would be just trusting that if you look into the countenance of God, he's smiling at you. He's not frowning at you. So true. It's so true. And if you get a little off, he's he he's still in step with you. I mean, there's there was a moment on Dancing with the Stars that really is a beautiful picture of grace where uh, Mark and I typically would dance together. But there were moments where we'd break off and we'd, you know, be dancing side by side. 
And there was this moment he was very, very excited about. Um, and I don't know if he's viewed this as the picture of grace that I have yet, but <laughs> he was very excited about. And I just misstepped, like totally made the wrong step. And and I made such a wrong step that I couldn't get to the right step because my first right. step was so wrong. And so right. it was like he was beside me doing the right step and I was not. And I remember thinking like, I just absolutely ruined this dance. This is horrible. So I... I couldn't finish. I reached my hand out. That's all I needed to do and just spun yeah. into him and like dipped and we finished the dance. Well, in my mind, it was horrible. I totally messed it up. I ruined this dance. It was just awful. I had so much shame. Like you can see it on me. I like immediately bowed my head. I was like crying. And um, they're like trying to tell me not to cry before the judges, you know, do their score, like act like you didn't mess up. But I was just like, I ruined it. And <laughs> it was so cool because that was the first time in the whole show that we got all tens. And oh. Oh my yes. goodness. Yes. And I think that that's just such a beautiful picture of like God's grace because I just thought I ruined the the whole dance because yeah. I messed up. Yeah. When I got on my own, I just messed up. But because I reached back out and all I needed to do was to just let him spin me in and dip me, um, it re- redeemed the whole dance yeah. and we literally got all tens. And I mean, that's just such a beautiful picture of God in your life. Like, oh, that's it? Um, it really is. So anyways, this, this conversation has been incredibly encouraging. Okay. I have such a root of bitterness growing because you just made me cry. I've lost all my mascara over that. Oh my gosh. Sadie, that's beautiful. That's the gospel. It really Mm -hmm. is. I mean, and I haven't even really told that story like that. But as we're talking about dancing, I'm like, Mm -hmm. man, that was like a beautiful picture of the gospel Mm -hmm. on display. I mean, truly, if you go back and watch that dance online, I hung my head. I had like tears in my I was like, I ruined it. And then when when they gave all tens, I was truly so surprised. And I yeah. look back and I'm like, oh, he covered it for me. Like he covered yeah. my mistake, which is so what God does. He He covers you yeah. in his grace, covers you Gosh. by his blood. And um, it was actually a perfect score. So perfectly redeemed, perfectly beautiful. Um, yeah, that will make you cry. That's making me, uh, that's I making mean, that's me teary. A, that's a God, I mean, and that's all throughout scripture. You know, that's a promise throughout scripture. I will cover you. Mm-hmm. I will cover you. Cause I bet you, Nicole, there's people who who love you and love what God has done through you, but they don't get the whole Jesus thing. Mm-hmm. And they are in that place of, I've messed up the whole dance of my life. That messed up can't be redeemed. And mm-hmm. they've got their heads hung with shame right now. Yeah. And even you saying, all you got to do is reach your hand out. Yeah. And, yeah. and he redeems the whole thing. It's beautiful. Yeah, that's well, the gospel, Sadie. Um, you know, you do this on your podcast, so I would love for you to do this on mm. ours. If you'll pray for that person yeah, who's listening yeah. today who feels like they messed up the dance and needs yeah. to be just absolutely covered in the mm. beautiful, perfect redemption of God. Would I'd you just pray for them? Sadie. Jesus, 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 thank you that we can come to you trusting that you lean down to listen to us as the Bible explains it. And Lord, Sadie and I do um, ask that those amazing, uh, precious men and women who are listening right now, Lord, who feel like they've blown it, who feel like they've just screwed up mm-hmm. so bad, there's no way that you can redeem their story, that you can make the dance uh, anything less than um, really awkward. Lord, I mm-hmm. pray that you give them the grace right now through just your Holy Spirit prompting them to reach their hand, just to throw their hand toward you, whether it's in desperation or hope or even in disbelief, thinking I'll reach out my hand and he won't grab me. Lord, just give him the grace to take that tiny, tiny step toward you 
And Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you for your promise that you tell us if Mm -hmm. we seek you, you'll take our hand. You'll be Mm -hmm. found by us. Thank you for the promise in the Old Testament that says you're so kind, you're so good that you even pursue those who aren't looking for you yet. Mm-hmm. So thank you for this time we get to be together, um, just as community. But it's not about us doing it right. It's about you did mm-hmm. it perfectly. Um, yes. Thank you that you didn't die for us to make us better. You, you died to make us alive. That's so true. we love you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We can't make it by your, uh, ourselves. So um, mm-hmm. we ask these things by the power of your name, mm-hmm. Jesus, 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 and by the authority of the blood you chose before before we existed to shed Mm -hmm. uh, because you love us, because you wanted to make a way for us to, to be redeemed, to be Mm -hmm. loved, to understand what it is to be uh, held by a God who will never leave us or forsake us. So we pray all these Mm -hmm. things, Jesus, um, and confidence that you're a good God. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Well, that was one of my favorite podcasts ever, Elisa. Thank you so much. Oh, um, gosh. For, I... it, it was more than a podcast. That was an incredible conversation about theology, about who mm. God is, that I just know is going to make a mark on people's lives. So thank you for all that you do, for who you thank are, you. for how you live your life. You and Missy are an amazing duo, and we are grateful for y'all. 